0: Hello oh, and welcome to the latest episode of Turing's Triple Helix, the podcast channel for Scotland's AI strategy. I'm Steph Wright from the Scottish AI Alliance and I have with me today two guests from we N ai a non-profit organisation set up and run by volunteers from a range of different backgrounds and occupations working to increase the awareness and understanding of artificial intelligence, AI, amongst the general UK population. I have with me Tanya Duarte and Patricia um, Gestoso, and I will leave it with them to introduce themselves. So over to you, Tanya.
1: Hi, right, so I set up We AI a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm co founder and I also um, work in various fields within the kind of AI ethics world uh, as well, which helps to give an overview of, of what's going on, both within the civil society sector, but also within the kind of AI governance areas. Fantastic. Welcome. And
2: over to you, Patricia. Thank you, Steph. Uh, uh, I'm Patricia Gestoso, and uh, I'm I- an inclusion strategist as well as a technologist. Uh, I wear three hats. I have my business consultancy where I help uh leaders to leverage diversity and inclusion in their in their business strategy I also uh, head of support and customer operations for a scientific and engineering software company and I'm uh, an advisor for we and AI in the area of equity diversity
0: and inclusion fantastic welcome both um hopefully we'll now go on to a really interesting chat about the stuff you do at We and AI. So let's kick off with, can you tell us a bit more about We and AI, and in particular, the Better, of images, better images of AI project?
1: Yes, thank you, Steph. So you gave a little summary of what We and AI aim to achieve, and it basically came from a feeling that the public didn't understand enough about the technologies that were governing their lives, um, and that this was not a good thing because it would impede um, basically their ability to make decisions and get involved in in, in our future. So that was the, the 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 kind of motivation that I had um, in in setting We and AI. Eye up And at the time, so this is back in kind of December 2019, um, people hadn't necessarily heard the word algorithm in, in general usage. What's been interesting since then with the pandemic and a greater understanding of our reliance on technology and also some pretty horrific use cases coming to the um, public uh, public attention of of, of of you know bad uses of of algorithmic decision making, for example, is that I think that people have now become a bit more aware. So our, our remit's kind of moved a little bit more to trying to get them that better understanding so it's not just an awareness that involves fear or, you know, thoughts that robots are going to take their job or thoughts that, you know, technology is better at everything, but, but actually to, to get more to grips with what's under the, the hood and how it relates to them. And that what we were coming across um, when we spoke to people is we weren't starting from a blank sheet. Um, they already had ideas about AI. And, and so to start with, it's kind of we're trying to avoid saying, oh, no, that's not what, you know, <laughs> it's not the scary robot. And then we kind of really realized that there was scope for a, a huge societal intervention um, that didn't mean we have to go and speak to every community and and, and kind of find out from them um, what they think about AI. But we could actually um, start to change maybe some of the narratives, the visual narratives, particularly um, that give them the misconceptions that create barriers for them to actually engaging in AI. That that, that make them think it's not something to do with them or that it's something um, that's that's too complex or you know just too scary. Um, so that's where the Better Images project came in. That's brilliant. No, thank you
0: very much. Um, and you know when when we were developing Scotland's AI strategy and when we were putting together you know promotional engagement public engagement activities we really struggled you know to find images and i remember you know giving a brief to our designer is like can you design us stuff but can it please not have brains can it please not have robots and can it not be blue and black please uh, because pretty much that's how tech is in stock imagery you know it's either lines of code or it's robots or it's brains or robotic brains and it's it, and so you know I'm delighted that there is such a project like better images of AI out there um, I just wanted to come over to Patricia actually just to um, kind of talk a bit about perhaps what you do with we and AI and uh, and your involvement in the better images of AI project um,
2: uh, we I met, to give you a little bit more of perspective uh, Tanya and I actually met in a women in tech conference in 2019 where I was actually presenting uh, a workshop uh, based on an ethics and inclusion framework that I had, been, I had created. And uh, the reason I created is I work in tech, and I was finding it difficult to have a tool that kept me accountable for my biases, for the things I, I was so used to do, you know. And I was, I when I look into, you know, what was out there to say, okay, what we are creating as a technology is really maybe making more vulnerable my, my users rather than helping them. Or I am, because I'm a white woman, you know, I'm just, you know, by creating a product, thinking that my experience encompassed all women in the world, you know, the experience of 3.7 billion people. So, my involvement in, in Better Images of AI actually came when, after watching uh, a webinar from Tanya Duarte, Tanya here, and Buse uh, setting, in where they actually brought to my consciousness what you know, about, you know, what I was watching this, you know, I was looking at these images and not really paying attention. And after, to me, it changed completely. And I could see how only by being aware for 30 minutes about about what, you know, the patterns in those images, how enabled me to Changed my perspective and I thought, oh, I need to be part of that. So, again, I volunteered myself. And I think we, for example, I've contributed in the area of um, one of the areas I've contributed is to make sure that our images, for example, and our blogs are accessible. So, we have, we add descriptions to them and also alt text.
0: Okay, no, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, actually, the, what you both have covered actually uh, some of the other questions we were hoping to ask you. But I, I, I kind of want to segue into one of the later questions, uh, which was um, around Scotland's AI strategy. Um, trustworthy, ethical, and inclusive AI are the three tenets of Scotland's AI tra- strategy. How important do you think these are when it comes to the development of AI? I can imagine what your answer is, but it'd be great if you could just tell us, you know, a bit. About your thoughts on the strategy focusing on these three elements, I'm going
2: to pick on
0: the inclusive part, and I leave the the other two
2: for Tania. So, uh, to me, as I, I mentioned before, uh, you know, with the creation of of my framework, you know, from the beginning, inclusion is important when we develop technology, and I felt I. My impression, talking with other people working in technology, is they put inclusive with ethical, you know, together. Or simply they close their eyes. Uh, we have I plenty of summits and conferences about ethics. Even you know the European Union draft talks about ethics, and I think that Scotland really have shown that inclusion is important in that conversation. uh, You know, you cannot put it under the carpet. And I think really I'm so pleased because, you know, again, Scotland is is, uh, showing leadership and and really getting into this very tough conversation about about inclusion and as well, of course, diversity. So well done for Scotland to show us the Uh, path. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and I completely agree um, with Patricia, and I'd actually m- maybe go a step further and say that, um, y- you know, if it's not, if it's not inclusive, yes, it's not ethical. But actually, if it is inclusive, um, then the chances of it being ethical are, 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 are almost, you know, become secondary. Um, and, and that's very much at the core of our um, beliefs, that, that if people um, can contribute towards identifying problems that that are, you know, their problems, that are problems that we solve, then we're, we're, we're using technology to solve the right problems um, as opposed to those of the few. Um, if we're um, including different types of people in that conversation, then obviously that Becomes, um it, it enables them to really have input into how it, it you know, how ethical it is for them and, and the number of applications that have gone terribly wrong. I mean, the whole issue with um, racial bias in, fa- in, in facial recognition and computer vision, you, you just kind of think if they'd just been one person in the room, you know, <laughs> it would have saved so many companies so much money investing in hopeless technology, um, and, and having to, you know, back down once it hit the public eye and say, oh well we'll 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 stall our our plans on that. But it also would have obviously stopped the negative impact on on you know many people communities. So yeah, I mean that that for me is is an example of how how important inclusion is um, to ethics. The other reason um, is obviously the more people that understand AI, um, the more eyes we have on it, the more oversight that we have. um, And this is why having a proper understanding is so important. Um, And increasing the increasing. The type of people in the AI workforce, but also AI adjacent workforces, uh, which are becoming more and more important. We've talked about, and in fact, in one of your previous podcasts, you you, you talk about art and AI and the importance of art and humanities um, to to be able to really understand AI and and to to communicate that. And and I think definitely that that was an excellent episode. And and I think that part of the inclusivity is enabling people to realize that they don't have to be a technologist or interested in technology or in any way involved and and i think that is automatically going to increase the um yeah increase how ethical it is and then trustworthy Um, so i talk quite a bit about trust because i'm always blown away by how ai strategies um kind of say oh we want to we want to have um you know, our barrier to innovation is public trust. We need to make the public trust us. Um, and then they don't include people or they, you know, I, I was at a conference talking about better images of AI um, and the podium I was standing in front of had a white male robot on a blue background um, that I had to stand in front of and and, and talk about. and. And I think the headline of the the, the stage kind of was about trust. And it's like, how can you build trust with people when you're saying, look how sexy my robot is? Um, look how cool my tech is. Uh, it's not, you know, that's not going to work. So, um, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're things that we look at and, and in the workshop uh, that, that we hope to, to um invite people to at the, um, the Scottish AI Summit, we very much want to get a, a kind of Scottish perspective on what, what does trust, you know, how do you build trust? What does trust look like in AI in Scotland, um, uh, etc? So also echoing the, the the praise for taking this approach, because without trust, the innovation is really hampered. Um, So as much as strategies, you know, that that come out saying we want to be, you know, uh, a a global powerhouse, um, that's not going to happen until we 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 kind of make technology that is not just trusted but trustworthy. That's great, thank you. Well, you you you've kind of like uh, skipped forward
0: to the mention of the summit, so I'll just talk about the summit here now. Obviously, um, so you know, Tanya and Patricia will be joining us in Edinburgh for our inaugural Scottish AI summit on the thirtieth of March, and we'll be delivering a workshop on why better images of AI matter. Um, since we've kind of touched on this now, maybe you could uh, maybe just expand a wee bit on you know uh, on you know what people can expect from your workshop. Um, and then we'll kind of head back into the kind of, you know, maybe more, uh, you know, kind of larger issues that I was hoping to get into. So uh, if you're going to give us a wee t- teaser on the workshop, that'd be great. We, we we plan to announce the whole program next week and uh, people will be able to sign up to your workshop in advance. Uh, but if you could just uh, give them a little taste of what, what the workshop might involve.
2: To give you a little bit of context, what we want is... To, uh, to, we come with the, uh, the following premises. First, we don't want to infantilize our participants because I think there is a lot of conversations around technology where um, we treat, you know, it's always top down. We respect very much the life experience of our participants. And actually, as, as Tanya said, we want their the Scottish perspective. So we don't come necessarily with answers. We come with questions. And also, we want to give a space to our participants to discuss because you don't change the people's minds. People change their own minds. And what we want is basically to bring to consciousness you know, those images, as I experienced myself, I mentioned before to say, you know, what is your vision, for example, of inclusion for Scotland? So with that vision and the images, the stock images we have, does that match? Are there gaps? If they are gaps, let's have a discussion, you know, where those gaps are, what we could do to make it better, again, We call it better images of AI, we don't call it the best images of AI. We want conversation and this conversation is for everybody. So you don't need to be an artist. So we will have conversations for people that, for example, like myself, I have a website. So how I choose my photos, what is the experience I'm building to those people that go to my website. Or even you post in social media, you are creating as well an experience. So bring that awareness. Also, we hope to have maybe creators of images. So can, you know, what is their freshest thinking about images after looking at those patterns? Or even there will be, we hope in the audience, business leaders, where they are interested, as you mentioned, Steph, to to tell, you know, creators, you know, this is what we want, but sometimes we don't have the vocabulary. So hopefully help them to have a vocabulary, they feel comfortable and, and, uh, you know, uh, basically try to, uh, you know, again, bring consciousness to those images so that we ensure that, we are making, you know, choices that align with our values.
0: Well, I, I don't want to give it all away uh, because, uh, you know, okay. we, we want people to, to, you know, look forward to it and, and you know, and, and uh, you know, get involved in the conversation. That's what the summit's about. You know, it, it, it's not a death by PowerPoint kind of event. Uh, you know, it's about discussion panels and workshops and getting people involved in the conversations. So. Enough about the summit. So I'm just going to go back to some, you know, kind of key things I kind of wanted to just chat with you about. Um, What are some of the most common misconceptions that you find the general public have of AI? And how and why do you think this misinterpretation of AI can be harmful or dangerous? Over to you, Tanya.
1: So we've kind of compiled and and we'll go through a a, a list, but I think they'll when we mention them, if people haven't thought about it before, they very quickly start saying, Oh yes, uh, and they are pretty much the list that you started with, but brains, blue brains, um kind of d- cascading code, the matrix, uh, there's the Michelangelo uh creation myth. Uh, Dr. Beth Singler writes on our blog about the the you know human hand and god hand, and, and all of these have misleading connotations and one of the key members of the better images of ai project is alexa steinbrook who worked on the ai myths project and i think this is a really good way of explaining it that a lot of these images both come from that they're cliched representations of myths that we've kind of taken on as as, as society um and that they are exactly that and the danger with myths is that they're they're not fact they're not reality so for example um and it, i should say it doesn't just go to images images is just a, a representation of the narratives that that you know feed into the images and, and get represented as images so it, it we look very much at what the narratives are that that create that um and so for example if we look at some of the key myths um we look at the fact that, you know, AI is, we look at artificiality, so, you know, is AI actually artificial? And we look at images that make it seem as artificial as possible, and that's sci-fi images, the kind of very futuristic look, the blue lighting, whereas actually AI is something created by humans, worked on by humans, impacting humans, made from, you know, lithium and various, uh, you know, very non-artificial elements. Um, And anyone that's read kind of Kate Crawford's Atlas of AI, you know, will see that the amount of physical extraction that that goes in is definitely not um, intangible. Um, Then myths around, you know, intelligence. And and I I talked before about some of the public perception research, um, and there are some, you know, pretty terrifying uh, numbers about how many people think that our our general intelligence is very close or exists and of course it's because we're used to seeing these sentient anthropomorphized uh, versions of of what usually is a you know computer program Um, and that misconception um, is particularly dangerous because it makes people think and also the the brains it, it makes this correlation between human and machine intelligence which makes people think that AI is able to have agency and for me that's one of the key things if we can just get people to understand that it's not the AI that has agency it's the system the people the context the decisions it's 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 everything around that that is very to do with people and that's why we must take responsibility Um, but also we should be very empowered Um, and of course this isn't just a, a, a myth that's Reproduce visually, uh, we see it in newspaper headlines. We see, you know, AI can now see whether, you know, this, this is better than that. So it can't see, you know, it doesn't, it, it it can't decide. It doesn't. The number of headlines that say AI can decide, and it's it's no, it 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 isn't actually processing things as a decision or a feeling or a thought. Um, or or uh, it, it it's just basically running, you know, a program, and so that. That's one of the the things that we we work on, being able to explain to people through pictures how that actually works. um, And it's not just, you know, being surveyed by something that, that looks like us.
0: That's great. Thank you. I mean, here at the Scottish AI Alliance, we're one of our missions especially with our communications, is around demystifying AI. Uh, We're working with some partners on developing a a MOOC around that. But what do you think are some of the best methods to achieving this demystification of AI? Because, you know, there's just like you said, you know, there's so many myths that need to be busted, essentially, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I've seen some great talks about it, you know, like in a robot apocalypse, what do you do? Well, just close the door on them, you know, or something like that. And, uh, and so, you know, what, what what do you think we can do to demystify AI?
1: Well, I, I think one of the approaches that you, you actually have on your website, um, I think is, is really great, which is the kind of quiz, it's kind of asking people questions. And I think, I think asking people questions is really important it's it's kind of not just telling people things but getting them to explore the role within their own lives I think the the approach we've obviously taken is a visual one and taking the opportunity to really look at how we can how we can visually explain you know how we, how a neural network for example works now we haven't quite managed to get any of these on the website yet, but what strikes me quite often is that at at the stage that research is done, there'll be some technical drawings, which, you know, can explain very well that the layers of a a system Um, and then they get lost somewhere along the way, they get really lost and replaced by, you know, some very abstract cliche. Um, And so I think one of the things that we really want to do is to bring together, you know, Technology designers, you know, researchers with artistic designers, um, so that we can make these images, um, these drawings that, that that are very based on what. You know how does this actually work into a format that can help people understand it, but is also visually appealing, and that's one of the things about the website. When we um, wanted to put some, you know, kind of examples, at the moment we're just just inspiration and examples, but we hope to grow with people's contributions um, and with um, some funding to, to commission more artists. Um, it is to have more images that are co-created between technologists and creatives and various different types of designers that are also able to be used in a public commercial context so while there's some fantastic conceptual art that's done um, exploring for example you know algorithmic culture or data as culture um, and loads of great installations what Whereabout is actually providing the equivalent of a stock image that someone would, could, you know, at a newspaper or for a blog post or social media post or to accompany their book or whatever it is, basically say this this is going to be as compelling an image um but also realistic, representative, inclusive, you know, helpful to, for my communication will help me communicate rather than defaulting to, oh, you know, I'll, I'll use something that everyone will recognise and everyone uses. So that's kind of our um, aim in, in demystifying. It's, it's, it's a lot to do with specificity um, and, and getting more into the details, but trying to make that as engaging um, and iconic, in a way, um, as the the kind of proliferation of um, these sci-fi images.
2: Yeah, and uh, to go broader, I think that a very good point is, I think you mentioned, Steph, is the relevance. I think that not everybody needs to know what neural networks is, for example, and coming to my point of infantilizing people, actually, I I had discussions where people have told me, you know, actually, Patricia, this artificial intelligence, I don't think has any impact in my life. And I said, OK, do you watch YouTube videos? And the person, yeah. OK, do you see that when a video finishes, another starts? Oh, yeah. And I said. And how many times you let the video go, or how many times? And like, oh no, a lot of the time I use that. And I said like, fifty percent of the time. Says not more. And I said actually, you know, the average is seventy percent of the time. We in YouTube, we let the algorithm decide for us what we are gonna want, watch next. So that <laughs> is AI for you. Your my, your choices of what you are consuming in YouTube, 70% of the time is not your choice. So I think that usually I get a lot of good feedback saying, oh, now I know how AI, and I know now that letting YouTube you know, run the video, the next video is actually a choice somehow that somebody is doing for me. And I think that we need to lead with relevance um rather than always think that the the you know as as tanya said to to go into specificity and relevance because the, we are almost 8 billion in this planet and depending on ai will impact our lives in a different way as well depending on the context
0: Absolutely. I mean, that that's you know a part of our work is working on how we engage you know with the non-technical you know communities. and And the approach we are you know settling on is that it will be kind of scenario specific, you know, kind of how does it actually impact people? because if you just go straight into this is AI, you know this is how machine learning works. This is deep learning. It's of no relevance to people because they cannot see uh, you know the relevance to their lives. But when you actually you know put it in a scenario base, and go, actually, you know, when you use your phone, you know, uh, you know, when you watch Netflix or, you know, or when you let Spotify, you know, suggest things for you, all these things. And people will be like, ah, I see, you know, it kind of has relevance to me now. Um, but, yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. Um, so just to close things off, um, how about you, you you both let us know what is your vision for the future of we and AI and the Better of Images AI project?
1: We in AI has been really involved, a large part of our work over the last year has been on the Better Images of AI project, which is at betterimagesofai.org. And we've discussed some of the reasons why this is really useful is enabling people to basically start to, to change the way that they have AI presented to them through popular media and culture. but we've also found it really useful at we and AI in our core programs, which is which are basically centered around AI literacy and Initially, there were lots of recommendations uh, for the UK national AI strategy as, as a whole um, on how do we teach AI in schools, but not necessarily in computer science. How do we look at AI within universities, but not necessarily within, you know, kind of STEM degrees. And so it, it's this idea of, of AI. I, I mean, I kind of, AI literacy is a term but I like to think of also kind of AI in society. Um, And the intervention that we were so excited with, with the images, we're actually using within that program to to have images that explain particular elements of AI, for example. Um, So we're finding that it's much more, it's kind of much more engaging. We were looking for something to engage people with and having a look at a picture that is representing a neural network or uh, natural language processing um, can be more interesting for a lot of people um, and start a conversation. So a lot of it is starting conversations. Um, Within the Better Images project, my goodness, the next, uh, the, the vision for the future is that we get more and more pictures. Um, if you think about the number of different AI applications, industries, uses, themes, um, you know, areas of concern, etc., et cetera, um, that there are and how many different, we've, we've tried doing taxonomies for how we start to categorize all the different images. And it's kind of almost infinite, right? So it, it We'd like to be able to provide lots of different pictures for that, so we're inviting uh, industry partners to come and think about, you know, how what does AI look like in your industry? Um, we have on the website some some pictures, just a few sample ones of, you know, AI in medicine, for example. Um, and the 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 ideal is where we get to a stage where. Uh, that's how people are under the, the degree to which people are understanding AI it's very specific, um, which means they can start to have really meaningful contributions and, and conversations and ideas, um, rather than at the moment you could have you know an article on AI and medicine and um, it has the same picture whether it's positive whether it's negative whether it's not about medicine but it's about space or whether it's you know whatever it is and 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 so we need to create an, an immense amount of images at the moment they're all free Uh, we use a creative commons license we're looking for people to sponsor um, artists Uh, artists are traditionally very exploited and we don't want to do that but we also want to find artists from across the world if we don't get input from you know definitely you know the global south and lots of different communities we'll just end up creating another kind of (laughs) very biased view of what better looks like and it's really important that we get more more kind of global partners different um industries and and support to um to to fund to fund the artists to be able who essentially are helping you know tech to communicate um and and uh, uh that really um they have a huge role to be recognized for there. So I guess that's our our vision is lots more pictures, lots more people using them, lots more people understanding more and getting more excited and empowered um, around AI through um finding, you know, creative uh through being prompted creatively um to 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 get involved and understand more. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Last words to Patricia. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. So
2: after such a bold vision, I'm going to even try to be bolder than Tanya. And what I hope is all what we are learning about collaboration, about activism in AI, we can actually even use that to broaden the scope, to build a uh, uh, trustworthy, ethical and inclusive tech. Because we cannot stop at artificial intelligence Once we cannot say, oh, let's finish with artificial intelligence when and then we engage in blockchain and then we engage on the metaverse because, for example, we now are we know that avatars price depends, for example, on uh, the color, the skin color of the avatar and the gender. We now have reports of harassment in the metaverse. So the bold vision for me is that what we are learning now, we actually, we don't have to, to go piece by piece on technology, but actually we come from, we learn from this to have a, a, a vision for a
0: truth worth it, ethical and inclusive tech. That's brilliant, and and I think that's a vision I think we can all you know <laughs> support absolutely. Um, and and you know it, it entirely ties into what we're trying to do at the Scottish AI Alliance. And to your point, Tanya, about you know. Um, the the kind of not everyone needs to be an AI scientist, et cetera. You know, one of the things we were keen on at the AI strategy is, you know, it, uh, the word skills and education tend to be used, but we're really we like the term knowledge, uh, you know, and uh, it's, it's not about teaching everyone to be an AI scientist. You know, it's kind of making sure resources are available. For people to engage with AI on the different levels specific to them, uh, and, and that's something we're very committed to doing. So, um, yeah, so uh, you know, a call to action, I guess. Go visit the Better Images of AI website, betterimagesofai.org, and we look forward to welcoming you to Edinburgh uh, for the Scottish AI Summit, um, scottishaisummit.com. Our in-person tickets are sold out, unfortunately, uh, but uh, plenty of online spaces available. So. Thank you so much, uh, Tanya and Patricia for joining me today and uh, check out We and AI everybody. Thank you.
1: Thanks De. Thank you.